Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. And I hope you're having a wonderful day. We are having a nice morning here, as always, this time of year. No clouds in the sky, and I think we're probably hovering at about 74 or 5 degrees. Haven't looked this morning, but that's generally what we have in the morning. And we are moving on into Zechariah 5 and 6 and 7 and Jude 1. As we are... (laughs) You know you're getting close when you're in Jude to finishing out the New Testament. And, of course, Zechariah will jump into these some of these minor prophets, covering them fast. We're going to just finish out the few weeks. We'll be done with the Bible, so it's pretty exciting. So, if you will, let's pray and get into Zechariah. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for blessing us, giving us this time together, God. We are so thankful for all that we have in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Anyway... Zechariah. Then I lifted up my eyes again and looked, and behold, there was a flying scroll. And he said to me, what do you see? And I answered, I see a flying scroll. Its length is 20 cubits and its width 10 cubits. Then he said to me, this is the curse that is going forth over the face of the whole earth. Surely everyone who steals will be purged away according to the writing on one side, and everyone who swears will be purged away according to the writing on the other side. I will make it go forth, declares the Lord of hosts, and it will enter the house of the thief and the house of the one who swears falsely by my name, and it will spend the night within the house and consume it and its timbers and stones. Then the angel who was speaking with me went out and said to me, Lift up your eyes and see what is going forth. I said, What is it? And he said, It is an ephah going forth. Again, he said, this is their appearance in all the land. And behold, a lead cover was lifted up. And this is a woman sitting inside the ephah. Then he said to me, this is wickedness. And he threw her down into the middle of the ephah and cast her lead weight on its opening. Then I lifted up my eyes and looked. Two women were coming out with their wings, and they had wings like the wings of a stork. And they lifted up the ephah between the earth and the heavens. And I said to the angel who was speaking with me, Where are they taking the ephah? Then he said to me, To build a temple for her in the land of Shinar. And when it is prepared, she will be set there on her own pedestal. Chapter 6. Well, we'll stop there just for a second because these prophecies are going to be so different. The, the women with these stork wings... Um, very interesting. Storks were not clean. So these are not angels of God, by the way. Free information, angels are never mentioned <clears throat> with wings. Cherubim and seraphim are, but not angels. You always see them appearing as men, as shining speakers, but they're not winged. These are, and these represent something of evil. They're, they're unclean. And the ephah's measurement, it's, it's a uh, um, something they use for economic trade, and where are they taking it to Babylon, the sh- plains of Shinar, essentially. This looks in the future. Um, it seems to be connected to economic Babylon. It seems to be uh, connected to trade 
in the, in the future under the Antichrist, and he's showing them that there's going to be a curse upon those who do wrong. There's God is going to bring about justice on the earth. There's a lot going on in this in this prophecy in this vision. But remember, the people are going back now to build the temple, start over again. This is like instead of after the flood for the world, this is after the flood of judgment for Israel. And they're now coming out of their ark. They've coming out, out of Babylon. And God is saying, I'm going to give you a new opportunity, a new life. And I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to bless the world. Just follow me. Okay, so he shows them the future. Everything's going to happen so that they could know that they have a secure future and a hope. And God's going to rebuild Jerusalem. It's going to be overflowing. It's going to be amazing. But also that there's going to be the coming one who's going to bring this one world economic system on on the whole world, and this woman being put in the in the ifa. I'm trying to remember all of the the intricate details of this. Is she like the woman that rides the beast? I can't even remember right now. But obviously, we're seeing, in a sense, we're seeing the 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 interesting intricacies of the end times we're looking at here. So he's looking far far ahead. Uh, and and I I did the whole teaching. Now, if you want to go back and, and listen to it online, because I don't remember now. Chapter six: The four chariots. Now I lifted up my eyes again and looked, and behold, the four chariots were coming forth from between the two mountains. The two and the mountains were bronze mountains. With the first chariot were red horses, and with the second chariot black horses, with the third chariot white horses, and with the fourth chariot strong dappled horses then i spoke and said to the angel who was speaking with me what are these my lord the angel replied to me these are the four spirits of heaven going forth after standing before the lord of all the earth with one of which the black horses are going forth to the north country and the white ones are going forth from them while the dappled ones go forth to the south country then the strong ones went out, and they were eager to go and patrol the earth. And he said, go patrol the earth. So they patrolled the earth. Then he cried out to me and spoke to me, saying, See, those who are going to the land of the north have appeased my wrath in the land of the north. And the word of the Lord also came to me, saying, Take an offering from the exiles of Heldai, Tobiah, and Jedediah. And you go the same day and enter the house of Josiah, the son of Zephaniah, where they have arrived from Babylon. Take silver and gold, make an ointment, an ornate crown, and set it on the head of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Then say to him, thus, said, thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, a man whose name is Branch, for he will branch out from where he is, and he will build the temple of the Lord. Yes, it is he who will build the temple of the Lord, and he who will bear the honor and sit and rule on the throne, on his throne, thus he will be a priest on his throne, and the council of peace will be between the two offices. Now the, now the crown will become a reminder in the temple of the Lord to Helam, Tobiah, Jedidiah, and Hin, the son of Zephaniah. And those who are far off will come and build the temple of the Lord. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. And it will take place if you completely obey the Lord your God. So there's a very interesting. Um, Joshua there, the high priest, is going to be involved in building this temple. 
of course. But he's saying there's going to be the one coming, the branch who will build the temple. And it, it's uh, them to know this is not the temple. This is a temple that I'm going to be use, using to bring in the branch. And once the branch comes, the root of Jesse, and he's established, not only going to be a high priest, he's going to be also the king who sits on the throne. Now, that was prohibited in the law, if you remember, completely prohibited. This is why Saul got into so many so much trouble. He, as a king, came in and said, I'm going to do sacrifices. And, oh, no, that got him into all kinds of problems. That's why one of the, one of the main reasons he lost his throne, but not the branch. The two offices will be then made together, and he will be the one who reigns. And so um, they're all to know this. They're building this temple with the hopes of the ultimate temple, the ultimate high priest, Book of Hebrews, who is our Lord and Savior. Zechariah 7, in the fourth year of King Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah on the fourth day of the ninth month, which is Cheslev. Now in the town of Bethel, he had sent Sherezer and Regemelech and their men to seek the favor of the Lord. Verse 3, speaking to the priests who belong to the house of the Lord of hosts and to the prophets, saying, Shall I weep in the fifth month and abstain as I have done these many years? Then the word of the Lord of hosts came to me, saying, Say to all the people of the land and to the priests, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and the seventh month, these 70 years, was it actually for me that you fasted? When you eat and drink, do not eat for yourselves. Do not Oh, when you eat and drink, do you not eat for yourselves? And do you not drink for yourselves? Are not these the words which the Lord proclaimed by the former prophets when Jerusalem was inhabited and prosperous along with its cities around it and the Negev and the foothills were inhabited. Then the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, saying, Thus has the Lord of hosts said, Dispense true justice and practice kindness and compassion each to his brother. Do not oppress the widow or the orphan, the stranger or the poor, and do not devise evil in your hearts again against one another. But they refused to pay attention and turned a stubborn shoulder and stopped their ears from hearing. They made their hearts like flint so that they could not hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts had sent by his spirit through the former prophets. Therefore, great wrath came from the Lord of hosts. And just as he called, and they would not listen, so they called, and I would not listen, says the Lord of hosts. But I scattered them with a storm wind among all the nations whom they have not known. Thus the land is desolated behind them, so that no one went back and forth, for they made a pleasant land desolate. So should they fast? See, the temple is now being built. They had always fasted all these years as, as a mourning remembering the destruction of the temple. And it's interesting, God doesn't really answer the question. He said, did you really fast for me? Was it really about me? Or was, you, was it just becoming a religious ritual for you? And you, you, were, you should have been fasting essentially about your sin and your um, rejection, not about the destruction of the temple. The temple being destroyed was a result of their sin. They were the ones that caused the destruction of the temple. So God is saying, you should have been fasting all this time. 
uh, in repentance of your sin, but you were not. And the, I think the answer is, that comes out of all this is there was not a need to fast anymore because now they were able to begin the sacrifices again on the, on the altar. Remember, they were sacrificing on the altar before they ever built, completed the temple. They started that right away, and then they went on and built the temple. Jude 1, the warning of history to the ungodly. Verse 1, Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James, to those who are the called, beloved in God the Father, and kept of Jesus Christ, may mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was making every effort to write you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints. For certain persons have crept in unnoticed, those who were long beforehand marked out for their for this condemnation. Ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into licentiousness and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. Now I desire to remind you, though you all though you know all things, once for all, that the Lord, after saving a people out of the land of Egypt, subsequently destroyed those who did not believe. The angels who did not keep their own domain, but abandoned their proper abode, he has kept in eternal bonds under darkness for judgment of the great day, just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, since they, in the same way as these, indulged in gross immoralities and went after strange flesh. They exhibited as an example in undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. Yet in the same way, these men also, by dreaming, defile the flesh and reject authority and revile angelic majesties. But Michael the archangel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses, did not dare pronounce against him a railing judgment, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Verse 10, But these men revile the things which they do not understand, and the things which they know by instinct like unreasoning animals, by these things they are destroyed. Woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain. And for pay they have rushed headlong into error, the error of Balaam, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. These are the men who are hidden reefs in your love feasts, when they feast with you without fear, caring for themselves, clouds without water, carried along by winds, Autumn trees without fruit, doubly dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea, casting up their own shame like foam, wandering stars from whom the black darkness has been reserved forever. It was also about these men that Enoch, in the seventh generation from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord came with many thousands of holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to convict all of ungodly and convict all the ungodly of their ungodly deeds which they have done in an ungodly way and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him these are grumblers finding fault following after their own lust they speak arrogantly flattering people for the sake of gain gaining an advantage keep yourselves in the love of god but you beloved ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 18. 
that they were saying to you in the last time, there will be bonkers following after their own ungodly lusts. These are the ones who cause divisions. Worldly-minded, devoid of the Spirit, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on the most holy faith, paying attention to the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. Verse 22, And have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire. And on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy, through the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, and now and forever. Amen. That is a bunch of interesting things there. And it's, it is a, it's a prayer. It's a letter in a prayer wrapped up in theology <laughs> given to us from the, the inside of the angelic realm even. We're seeing things here we don't get in, um, anywhere else really. Jude has given us some incredible information that there are those that have come into the church that are directly connected to the most violent and demonic realm of the enemy and that they seem to be more interested in taking advantage and gaining for themselves. And they have no, they're devoid of the Spirit, devoid of the Holy Spirit. And these people are people who gain influence and authority and, and a position in the church. You can think of a number of these TV evangelists that fit this description very well. Again, when you take out the core doctrines of the Bible, what you are left with is pure charlatans just using Christian language, movements, emotions, platitudes, and all these things take advantage. When you no longer say that sin is an issue, when you no longer, say, you no longer talk about the blood of Christ, and there's need for for the atoning blood, for the propitiation of sin. Instead, if you're always complimenting, you're always building people up and giving them the warm fuzzies and telling them what wonderful people they are, and that because of that they need to tithe their money and give the money to you and all these kind of things. This is kind of what this is talking about. Now, Jude gets into this very controversial and very interesting aspect of those who left their former domain and were cast down and kept in change for the judgment, uh, the judgment day. When you look at this, this comes out of the um, book of Enoch, an extra biblical book. And um, there is good scholarship that believe, not only believe they're, they're sure, that Jude refers to these extra biblical writings in his time, as does Peter, using them as information about the, the belief that they had that they were received by God. They believed it was authoritative or real. That those particular sons of God who rebelled against Elohim, against God in heaven, the lesser Elohim, they were the ones who were cast down. These are the ones who came down to Israel 
at that time. At that time, it wasn't called Israel, but they came down to Mount Hermon. And they were the ones in Genesis 6. The particular group of them, interesting, 200 of them, were the ones who particularly went and took the daughters of men and began this, this hybrid race of, this, of the Nephilim. And because of that, their violation of the women and starting this rebellion, trying to create a hybrid race to, to really rebel against God and take authority over the earth. And we'll talk about this a little bit on Sunday, just a little. Um, they, they are severely judged for this and held in change until the time of judgment. And you think about, well, wait a minute. Who are the demons then? Because they're, not, they're the ones that are roaming around today causing all the problems. These guys are still held in chains. And they're not doing anything but waiting for judgment. So the demons are the disembodied spirits of these, these biological hybrids that died in the flood. So it's, it's a fascinating study. And the first time I heard it, I went, nah, I don't buy any of that. That's way out there. That's wacko stuff. But... You need to read the theologians that have looked into this, and this Jude connects the, all the dots for us between Genesis 6, these extra-biblical writings, because Jude is referring back to Enoch there and, and, and what was written in there. He's pretty much quoting straight out of there. And so Jude was being written, writing this by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But their takeaway from all this is don't let any of this get to you. Don't let it fool you. Don't let them deceive you. Continue on the love of God. Continue on the love of God and, and reach out and save those that are confused. Minister to those that need help. Stand fast in the, the pure doctrine of Jesus Christ in the church. And when they come in and bringing all this wacko, woke, weird heresy you stand firm. You love them, and you reach out to them and try and save them because they've been deceived, but you don't let it transform the doctrine, what's been given to us by God. Instead, you, tra- you let the doctrine transform them or the power of God transform them. Charles Spurgeon now, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth, Mark 9.23. Our unbelief is the greatest hindrance in our way. In fact, there is no other real difficulty as to our spiritual progress and prosperity. The Lord can do everything. But when he makes a rule that according to our faith, so shall it be unto us. Our unbelief ties the hands of his omnipotence. Yes, the confederacies of evil shall be scattered if we can but believe. Despised truth shall be its head if we will but have confidence in the truth of God. We can bear our load of trouble or pass uninjured through the waves of distress if we can gird our loins with the girdle of peace, that girdle which is buckled on by the hands of trust. What can we not believe? Is everything possible except believing in God? Yet he is always true. Why do we not believe in him? He is always faithful to his word. Why can we not trust him? When we are in the right state of heart, faith costs no effort. It is then as natural for us to rely upon God as for a child to trust in the Father. The worst of it, that we can believe God about everything except the pressing trial. This is folly. Come, my soul, shake off such sinfulness and trust thy God. The load, the labor, the longing, 
in this present, this done, all is done. Well, let's pray. Father, we bless you and thank you for this morning and for the day you've given us. We ask you, God, that you would comfort us as we go forth in strength and be our guide and be our God. We love you so much. And we do ask that you help us hold fast to, to, to the love of God, the truth of God, and be able to share that and be steady in our faith, abiding and trusting and believing. God, it can be a challenge sometimes when we fall into unbelief of your power and your ability to transform us and use us. Sometimes we don't get used because we just simply don't believe that you can use us. So help our unbelief, transform us, and continue to guide us. Thank you for Renee's mother feeling better. Thank you for those ministering to her, being around her. God, we ask that you continue to lift her up. Pray for Ray's friend who's um, needs a lot of prayer right now, who's not doing well at all. Um, and I'm trying to remember the specifics right now, God, but there is, um, there's a lot going on. Okay. Um, he just had surgery on his heart and God, we're praying as you know, he's an ICU God and he needs, he needs a special attention because not only that, but he hit his head when he passed, passed out and, 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 um, damaged uh, his head around his temple. So we, God, we want to pray for, for Jim been a friend of Ray for, and, and Lou for 20 years. God, we just pray that you would touch him, God. And today, as he's in that hospital, and you stop the bleeding in his, in his head, you would repair his heart. God, that, and we, we thank you for the miraculous things almost that these doctors can do with their surgical staff when they have time. So keep his body strong so they can repair it and that it would heal quickly. And as well for anyone else that is needing surgery, God, that you'd be able to repair their bodies, bring them out, and touch them supernaturally, God. We never want to underestimate your power to heal people before they even need the surgery. We've seen you do it before, so we pray for that again. And we do pray, God, for the release of these captives in Gaza. We pray for the safety of the soldiers in Israel as they go in. So many of them just businessmen, the reservists, that want to do only wanted to be able to liberate their own people. So, God, we pray you bring an end to this war and that you, God, prepare us for these, the end of this year, whatever's coming, but we do want to uh, ask your blessing upon the outreaches and that you bring lots of people to the church and people could hear your word, people be stirred and, and brought close to you, not not being brought into a, a feeling of of euphoria for the music and the and the. Uh, all of the decorations, but they be brought into a real and solid relationship with you as Lord and Savior. So we pray for this, pray for those people that will be visiting the church to be saved and those in the outreaches. So thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. That will do it for today, and I will get a audio um, audio podcast out for tomorrow for Sunday. So look forward for that, Spotify and Amazon Music and um, Apple Music, and I can't remember what other one we're using, but um, look for those and please subscribe to them. That really helps a lot. And um, and if you want to say you've read the Bible the whole year, yeah, you got to listen to the ones on Sunday as well, okay? Or read it on your own. So bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow uh, at 9 o'clock our time for service. Love to have you see you live. If you're here in Vallarta, we'd love to see you. Um, 
And if you haven't been here in three years because of COVID, <laughs> you might remember, um, you might remind me of when you were here last. So I, I get confused on who was here last year and who hadn't been here for a number of years. But just thank you guys. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.